freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Everybody, welcome to episode number 271 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is the unexpected firearms owner mm-hmm. we should have music in that <laughs> and our guest is sharon estrada sharon is an educator a mom of a 13 year old daughter and is a member of the dc project arizona chapter sharon is an arizona native but raised as a self-proclaimed army brat as both of her parents served in the army by profession sharon is a teacher earning her undergrad in early ched childhood education from ASU, and then two masters, one in curriculum and instruction with a focus on literacy from GCU, and then one in educational leadership from NAU. And while Sharon has always believed in the Constitution, her advocacy of the Second Amendment is a new found and possibly unexpected passion. Welcome to the show, Miss Sharon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. And full disclosure, uh, we're cousins. So <laughs> like twice removed was, I don't know how it works. Our family. Like our, our grandmothers are siblings or sisters, I think. There you go. All right. Work the tree back from there. <laughs> right. At any rate, it's so amazing uh, to have this opportunity to talk to you because, you know, you're not like one of these big, you know, Second Amendment, you know, (coughs) social media influencers, or, I mean, you might become that actually, but you are just a normal, everyday American citizen And especially because your profession, your level of education and your profession is in education, you're a mom, you are someone that a lot of people would pigeonhole and say, well, surely, you know, she isn't one of those gun-toting people. She went to NAU and she she went to college. Yeah. And she likes guns? Apparently. Let's ask her. How did you get past? Did you have to hide (laughs) your way through that or what? Well, so that's, it's kind of funny. So... Um, of course, growing up on military posts, we are protected by firearms. Um, my daughter's father, he owns firearms. He always had firearms in our home and I never thought anything about it. I was like, they're there to protect us just in case. I never went shooting with him, anything. So fast forward, um, I happened to meet a very nice gentleman, um, And he, when you meet him, you would probably think, yes, he would own firearms. He has a lovely beard, um, (laughs) super kind. (laughs) And of course, the first time we hung out, um, 
we talked politics because that's what you do when you meet new people. And, <laughs> well, that's what we do, but. <laughs> right? um, and you would think that him and I were very polar opposites um, just based on the things that we thought were important. And of course he started talking about the second amendment and I was like, no, I totally support the second amendment. Like, absolutely. And then he talked about the um, policies and the people in office that are working towards taking those rights away from us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, guy, sure. Like, <laughs> I get it. They want your guns. Okay. But I'm like, how does he grow such a lovely beard, but not be so smart? I just don't understand. <laughs> so I had to do some of my own research and in my research, I was really taken aback um, that that is something, in fact, our rights are slowly being infringed upon and they want to take these little, little tiny bites and eventually it's going to be gone. Now, I had already made the decision to purchase my own firearm mm -hmm. because I was moving out on my own with my daughter, just the two of us, and we'd always had firearms in our home to keep us safe. And then I realized, oh my gosh, there's A, no firearm to keep us safe in my home, and there's no one to use it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I don't have some man who's going to come and save me. Mm -hmm. And so I had to start doing my own research. And luckily I, my bearded friend is a great resource. Um, Cheryl has been an amazing resource and I'm just reaching out to people who know about firearms and here I am. So now anytime I get the opportunity, I'm like, hey, do you wanna go shooting? Hey, did you guys know that this is what's going on? and introducing vocabulary to friends who would not have expected it. So yeah, my social media, I start posting some little pieces and I was really taken aback by the people who reached out to me. Because as you said, as an educator, mm -hmm. as a mom, I'm Puerto Rican, so Hispanic, um, there is a generalization of what we support mm -hmm. and believe in. And so, and being in education, of course, a lot of the people on my social media are also, I mean, they're all in education too. Mm -hmm. And so it's, how can I say this? The second amendment is definitely bipartisan. Um, it's all of our rights, mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, I think people-wise it's bipartisan. The, as you get higher up in government, it's not so bipartisan, which is the problem. And people are reaching out to me all summer. Hey, Sharon, I noticed that you go shooting. Hey, Sharon, I noticed that you have a gun. Like, can you tell me more about that? I've had people call me say, hey, let's have coffee. I thought they just wanted to catch up. No, they're like, so what's the difference between an AR-15 and a shotgun? Awesome. Oh, I didn't know that's what we were talking about, but I would love to have that conversation with you. It's very interesting. Well, Sharon, you know, you that's are fantastic. different. Uh, Dave Ramsey would say, you're one of the different ones. You're, you're different because when you, you start back to the story where you talked to a man that has a beard and told <laughs> you that they were coming to take your guns away and you stopped and you did research mm -hmm. and then you figured out on your own mm -hmm. where to go with that. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I'm, I'm, it's so, I'm proud to know you because that is awesome. Because if everybody would just take a moment and not just listen to everybody else, but gather information and then figure it out on their own, we wouldn't be in the condition we're in right now. And the fact that you're right, you are in a group that is anti-gun. And it's a shame because three groups that are traditionally supposed to be anti-gun, maybe four. She just said it. Mm -hmm. You know, we label and we put people in these groups and it's wrong because Mm -hmm. they're not, it's not that way. Mm -hmm. And it's just great. I'm I'm, I'm really glad. And it's, it's funny because I recently had brunch with a girlfriend of mine and she brought her friend and her friend is very, um, she's active politically, but definitely um, more left-leaning. And we were all having lunch. I, because I view the Second Amendment as bipartisan, I don't think that I'm coming as some like super conservative person saying, come, we've got to go and get our guns and walk around. Like I wasn't doing that, but it's a conversation that I have. And I left to go to the restroom. And then I came back while later I talked to my girlfriend and she's like, she was really happy that she brought it up and she was kind of taken aback because a lot of women don't talk about those kind of things, especially in her circle. And she's like, and she would love to learn how to shoot and she would love to be able to protect her kids. And she would love, but she didn't know where to go because if you keep yourself in this circle of people who are like, oh my gosh, guns are scary. You are, you feel shamed for like wanting to know more, mm-hmm. but then you also don't even know who to ask, mm-hmm. which is the problem. So I hope that <clears throat> being vocal will bring people that are like, gosh, I never thought of it for myself, but I know Sharon and I know that she kind of likes the same stuff I like. Maybe it's not so crazy. Absolutely. Awesome. And you know, it's so funny. Part of my journey into this whole advocacy uh, world that I'm in, it was because I felt like there was so much um, misunderstanding of even who I was. And that for, you know, hundreds of years, having a gun in the house or multiple guns in the house, we're no different than having a drawer full of knives. It would just another tool or set of tools to do a specific thing. And then somehow that became unnormalized, if that's the right word, talking to an educator. (laughs) But um, I'm trying to, in many ways, re-normalize the idea that there's nothing fringe or, you know, weird about having these particular tools in your home. And it's just about being educated on them and with them. True? No, absolutely. Because I think that when, I think carrying does two things for me. First, it makes me feel safer because I mean, we can say whatever we want, men and women equal, we absolutely equal rights. However, if a big bearded man comes to me, chances are he can overpower me. So I simply feel safer, but also carrying makes me more aware of my surroundings, makes me more, um, I feel more careful. I'm more mindful of my actions. I'm not that I'm out there running my mouth all the time, but (laughs) you you have to be mindful of those things. Yes. And so I just, I feel like I'm more aware of 
what I'm doing, who's around me, who's near me, why they're near me, which is just, I guess, good practice that I should have been doing anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, but it should definitely be normalized. It shouldn't be like crazy mm -hmm. that somebody wants to protect their home. Exactly. And they're one and only, you know, God given life. Right. Um, you know, it's funny that I don't know if I can explain this right, but so when I'm not carrying again, I don't act the same way as when I'm carrying again. And it's not in a bad way. It's just like when I carry again, it's like I'm thinking the next step before it happens because I know that things get ugly quick. Mm. Whereas mm. if I'm not carrying again, it's, it's just like just a react immediately. Mm. It's, it, I don't know if I'm explaining that right. No, and I think like that again, you have Sharon was, was saying right. very similar. Go ahead, Sharon. So, I mean, it's kind of easy, but it takes me to Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. So knowing that I am carrying something so powerful, that is a huge responsibility and not one to take lightly. And so I definitely need to be really mindful about everything that's happening around me because things do escalate really quickly. And I, I don't want to be on the news. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I really, I'm just, I just, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, the um, the old phrase is an armed society is a polite society, and it really is kind of underscoring everything that you both are saying. Is that you know we do tend as as firearms owner, we do tend to be the most courteous, and the most law abiding, and the most um, you know responsible citizens because we understand all these things that that you both are saying and i i think it's a wonderful we really are an amazing example to others and you know personally i i never open carry i don't think i've ever in my life open carried um except for when we took that training class together yeah. <laughs> yes and then i felt like man it's just so like there you know right <laughs> and um but uh, so I conceal carry. And so I, I know and I understand that if I'm concealed carrying, who else in here is, you know, and my little thing about polka dots or my camo, you know, because I, I dress like, you know, Betty Crocker and the Betty Crocker of the 2A movement, uh, you know, people aren't necessarily going to spot me across a room and say, oh, she's one of those gun people, you know, right. And so yeah. who else? wouldn't be so easily stereotyped and um where some people want to use that as a fear uh place to make others afraid you don't know who's carrying in here right i see it as yeah i don't know who else is carrying in here and so i'm going to handle myself with my training and and with courtesy and you know and being very aware of my surroundings well, and I just think it's the whole idea of like not knowing who's carrying and not knowing who has firearms in their home. That sounds really safe to me simply mm -hmm. because some person isn't hopefully, I mean, if they're crazy, I guess, but they're less likely to, if they're like, gosh, I don't know who can protect themselves. They don't know who their target should be. Exactly. Exactly. And if you're, if you're carrying a gun in the open, then you are giving the uh, person a an advantage because now he knows and can prepare a step ahead of you mm -hmm. whereas if it's concealed he's not going to do that mm -hmm. and the same way within your house if they know you own guns and they want to come in your house they're going to be prepared stronger mm. to fight that versus oh they don't we just go in there and get that stuff and go mm. oh wait a minute uh 
you know, kind of thing. So. <laughs> I know, people that have like anti-NRA bumper stickers yeah. on their car and yeah. stuff. It's like, aren't you sort of like letting people know that you can't defend yourself? <laughs> right. But whatever, to each his own. Right. On um, your, yeah. Uh, so, you know, this journey has been um, somewhat unexpected <coughs> and finding yourself maybe on a national radio uh, podcast <laughs> program. Right. <laughs> Talking about this might be a little unexpected, but what would you say has maybe been one of the most surprising parts of this journey for you? It's going to sound cheesy, but as I did my research, the arbitrary, just random, like gun law suggestions are crazy to me. Yeah. And like, just looking at, so who, who decides what high capacity is? Right. You know what I mean? Thank you. So now as a teacher who likes research-based curriculum and research-based practice, um, is this based on a specific calculation? Um, probably not. It's probably some random number that someone chose. Okay, you can have 10 rounds in your Glock. Okay. Based <laughs> so, on. Based on what? Because science, that's always right. the answer these days. Because science. Because science. <laughs> and I just, what's been most surprising is the random, random laws. Like how is, how does that supposed to help? Um, and then the money that goes into fighting and pushing for more infringement yeah. blows my mind um, because the people that are putting the money towards it aren't the people that are definitely going to be impacted by not being able to protect their families. Mm -hmm. um, as a teacher, I worked in Title I schools, which if you're not familiar, that's low-income schools. And it was a passion of mine. And unfortunately, a lot of possible gun control laws, especially potential taxes that could be coming, those are the people that it's going to impact. Mm -hmm. Yes. People that can afford to pay $200 a 50 round drum will be fine. Yeah. But why are they more entitled to protect their families than people who can't? And so that has been the most shocking piece for me. Wow. Yeah. It'll be a luxury to be able to defend your home and defend your family. Uh, that's and, and that right there should wake a lot of people up to realize that they're putting a dollar number somehow, some way they're putting a dollar number on um, that ability. And then that it's being set up as a permission-based system with all of the laws on top of laws on top of laws. And you know, we, the, our founders that took the time to uh, put quill to parchment and write this little document right here, look how thick that is. Uh, as a teacher, how long do you think that's going to take me to read? Like, not very long. Not I mean, you're, if you're at sixth grade <sighs> level, you're about 150 words a minute. There you go. It's about yeah, an hour quick. This, yeah. this uh, entire document. But it's the same people that are saying that you know, you shouldn't have to pay $15 for a, a ID card because it, it's hard for the low income yeah. people. Right. But then you say you want to tax them for ammo and bullets mm -hmm. and raise prices because of, of all the re uh, regulations. Yeah. And now who are we depriving? Exactly. exactly. And, and as I was saying, the founders that wrote this document, 
uh, they were very careful to add a clause to only the Second Amendment, our right to keep and bear arms, that says shall not be infringed, period. Just no asterisks, no, unless you can make some extra tax dollars off of it, you know, none of that. It was just shall not be infringed, stay out of the way. The government can't get on this side of that personal individual liberty. And it's well, I, gotten so mucked up over the years. I think of a lot of the politicians, the higher up people that are trying to make decisions for us, think of low income people as bad people. Mm, possibly. You know, they right. shouldn't right. have guns. They're the bad ones. Possibly. And right. you know, our gun shop is in a low income area. And I feel for the people that are in the area. Mm -hmm. I feel for them because they come in and, you know, guns are not cheap. And so we try to have a gun for every type you know, uh, price and, point, and it's hard because, you know, the lower quality gun, the you know less effective that gun's going to be, and everything. Possibly. So I struggle with that, trying to help them get into something that they can afford without, you know, having to get a mortgage on their house. Yeah. But uh, and then to so, tax the heck out of it. What right. are you trying to say, Sharon? Well, then that just leads me to the whole idea. There's people trying to purchase firearms, and they're law-abiding citizens. Mm -hmm. doing law-abiding things so mm -hmm. they aren't our concern but we already have laws that say stealing is bad and you're not allowed to steal you're not allowed to murder you're not allowed to do all those things maybe we should focus on that and let our law-abiding citizens protect themselves should they need to Amen. How, how much more simple can, can it be? And yet we keep it so complicated. So we have in the last few months seen, I think the number is now over 8 million, 8 Eight, million, right? Brand new first time gun owners who are on this unexpected journey right along yeah. with uh, each other and, and yourself. Um, what would you what would you say would be something very important for those people to know so what's funny is i actually know some of those people and might have gone gun shopping with a couple of them um might perhaps might have perhaps <laughs> um education 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 educate 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 yes get your ccw if it's not required by your state it's great information to have. You need to know the laws. Um, take classes. You're not going to all of a sudden know how to clear malfunctions or how to clean your firearm. You're not going to know. And that's okay. Nobody expects you to know. Mm -hmm. Take classes. There's so many resources at so many price points. Learn, learn, learn. Mm -hmm. And even if you think you already know, learn some more. Oh, and practice. So oh, and you can't have too much ammo. <laughs> if you see it, buy it. You can't have too much. Yes, because that is part of the practice, right? And like when you and I took the class together, it was fairly early on in COVID, but way back in March. Um, but it, we were already having trouble, even in our store, AZ Firearms, we were having trouble keeping nine millimeter on the shelves. Mm -hmm. And that was the gun that we were supposed to come to the training with. And the, the teacher, uh, David Laird of uh, Dynamic Combative Solutions, he modified the class a little bit so that it would be easier for people mm -hmm. to attend 
uh, and still get in the practice, but not have to burn through quite so much ammo, which is, it's even gotten more expensive since then. Well, and I think he's still doing that. Mm-hmm. still decreased the amount of ammo that you need. Cause I think normally you'd need about 500 rounds and he's decreased it to almost 200, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. So when a box of ammo costs more than a gun, there's something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. So, but you're right. You've got to have a lot of ammo on hand because you should be practicing regularly and, and burning through that ammo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, good, good points. So um, another probably unexpected part of your journey is you're going to find yourself being a speaker yes. at our rally <laughs> coming up, our celebrate and protect our second amendment rally happening on Saturday, February 20th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the lawn of the Arizona State Capitol. Uh, Tell us about that. I mean, how is that fitting into the rest of your world? So what's super, super funny about this, and I was talking to a friend of mine, I do a lot of chatting, and last year, I sat with Cassie, I sat with your family at the rally, And that was when I was very new. I bought my first firearm, I want to say like a week later. And so I was very new. And so I feel like it's crazy to think that now I actually have the opportunity to speak at this rally, um, which is mind blowing. But I think it speaks volumes to the importance, right? And that even if you don't think you're like, gosh, I don't know anything about firearms. You can, you can, you absolutely can. And you can even in your own small ways, advocate for your own rights. Absolutely. And I think that having a voice like yours is so powerful because you like me, we're every woman. We're just, Mm -hmm. we're just normal people who have something to say that's based on our own uh, journey and our own research. Who said you were normal? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, he lives with me. So maybe, maybe no, not fully normal. normal, but normal-ish. Right. Um, and so I do want to see your t-shirt because it represents a group that you and I participate in. And what does it say? It says educate and it's cross out legislate. Yes. And so it's education over legislation mm-hmm. because whoa, laws. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what, what's on there? There's images of something on there. That, oh my gosh. They're AR. Oh. Big, black, scary AR 52s. Yeah. And so, yes, this is the teal t shirt of the DC project. <laughs> Uh, the national chapter, but you and I are, are working on trying to bring uh, that voice to our state level and, and have women interact with, form relationships with, who knew you could do that with our legislators so that our voice carries more weight <coughs> and that we're trying to say that, you know, laws are not, you can't legislate good behavior and moral behavior. But with education, we can encourage it and foster that in generation after generation. And uh, I'm just so uh, very tickled and proud that you are helping with that effort and that you're wearing our t-shirt. Well, and we'll have a booth there. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And if women are listening or they have questions, that'd be a really great opportunity to come and find out more 
of how they can do something and participate. And even if it's just like how I started, even in all of this was just sharing little bits of information that I learned on my social media. And that literally had my friends, genuine friends reach out to me. They're like, girl, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, uh, it really describes way back when I first started even using like a Facebook, like I was one of the last holdouts. I'm like, I don't know what this weird voyeuristic space in the world is, but anyway, I started putting my toe in the water and then, you know, I would say something about being a gun store owner or, you know, something like that. And I kept waiting for like the horrible onslaught of awful, you know, words people would use towards me. And, and really it was more what you're describing, but it was, you know, like a message on the side privately, mm -hmm. or a text to my phone or, you know, something in the grocery store when I'd bump into somebody and it was 99.9% .9 like, thank you for saying those things. Cause I don't feel safe enough to say those things. And I, you know, I'm afraid that it might hurt my job or it might hurt my, you know, standing in the PTA or whatever. And that encouraged me to speak up more and speak up more and speak up. And now I've got this show. So I'm sorry. Teachers, you talk to other teachers about firearms. Um, actually that was who I made, a, <clears throat> I went shopping with this summer with some teachers. Um, that's who calls me and says, Hey, can we have coffee? And wants to know the difference. Um, because I, I mean, most of my friends are teachers, <laughs> like everybody I talk to are teachers and I think they're definitely curious. And I mean, there's a whole piece about teachers having firearms. Um, we're talking about teachers having firearms at home that I think is a great starting point. And for them to, it's education. I think people are afraid of what they don't know. They're afraid of what they see John Wick do. Um, you're not John Wick. You're not going to do that. Um, don't worry. Uh, you're not John Wayne. You're, you're not the Terminator. You're gonna not gonna have to flip anything. It's not that intense. And I think that bringing, I don't say bringing it down because it's not dumbing down, but like making it accessible and normalizing, mm. protecting yourself. Absolutely. And I don't really use the word feminist, but I think that it's, it's a woman's right to be able to protect herself always, Absolutely. no matter where she's at. And being able to carry is how I choose to protect myself. And I just simply feel safer. That's fantastic. And being a mom of a girl child, um, you know, we have one, one child who's a girl, who's a daughter. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have always felt so, I mean, it was normal in our life, but when I would stop and think about it, I would feel like it was such a blessing that we were able to empower her in those ways that, you know, there, you can own a gun or you don't have to, you can carry a gun or you don't have to. There was never that stigma that, that she had to work through, at least in our family. Um, and I love that you're giving that freedom to your daughter and she can choose for herself when she's of age. Well, and what's funny is her dad is, um, a firearm owner, her grandfather on her dad's side 
does gunsmithing and is definitely a firearms owner. Um, but it wasn't until I became a firearm owner that I sat with her and I'm like, okay, so these are the parts. This is what's safe. This is what's not safe. These are the things you have to do. These are the things that you don't do. When I'm doing my dry fire practice at home, she can do dry fire practice at home with me um, because I don't want her to be afraid. And I think fear is what is preventing so many women from taking the step to protect themselves, which is funny because you have to protect yourself because you're scared. You, You might be scared. You might have something that you're worried about. And this is definitely a way to not be scared. Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. I think it's important for her definitely to see that a, her mom is willing to protect her, willing to protect herself. But then also we talk about education. So it was funny as I was telling her how nervous I was to be on here today. And she's like, well, just run through it with me. Tell me the things that you're going to say. So I'm telling her and she was like, okay, don't try not to use acronyms because people don't really know acronyms. She's like, okay, tell them about the safety things. Where should you point your, the muzzle at anybody? No, you don't do that. People don't know that. Do you have a a firing barrel in your home? You could just use sand. Like that's awesome to me. That's awesome to me. 13 year old. Yeah. I, I love her. And I love that you and Uh, her dad have instilled these kinds of thought processes in her. Um, And the next thing we know, I'm going to have to interview her because that she's solid. That's fantastic. (laughs) You know, I I blame a lot of the firearms uh, owners for where we're at today, because back in the day, Mm -hmm. a long time ago, guys had the guns and they would take their guy friends and they would go shooting and then they'd come home and that was it. And if you look at it now, I mean, when you get women involved in guns, not only gives them the right to protect themselves, I mean, it, it helps them protect themselves, but it brings more conversation to the family. It brings more guns into the family. Mm-hmm. It brings so much more that it's not just a guy thing. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Very mom, social my creatures. Mom, <laughs> my mom didn't go, well, she, she didn't hunt much, but you know, I mean, she was in it a little bit, but not like women bring the social part of it in they are the ones that market everything Mm -hmm. they do whether it's cooking whether it's riding horses or whatever they do they market that i want her to market guns Mm -hmm. you know i mean to 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 talk to her friends about them and and do that it's just it's just better for all of us because instead of it being one-sided now it's equal sided and more powerful yes right I agree. All right. Well, we've got to wrap up. Uh, Miss Sharon, this has been too much fun. I really have enjoyed this. I think you are such a, a brave person that you have stepped so far out of your previous comfort zone. Like you said, a year, less than a year ago, you even coming out to a thing called a rally you know, even though we're saying we're, it's a celebration, it's a, you know, an event. Uh, there's a lot of people that maybe would feel like, well, I don't know, those are going to be some weird, you know, fringe people. I don't know that that's for me. And you even came there <coughs> to just open your eyes and mm-hmm. see what it was about. Um, thank you so much for the example you're setting. Yes. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's definitely exciting. And I still, I, 
I tell my bearded friend, I was like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe like, this is awesome. This is super exciting. And I'll tell him stuff. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, well, of course, you know, but I didn't know. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Did you know this is happening? He's like, I told you it was a problem. That's fantastic. I'm so, so, so excited. Me too. And we very much look forward to hearing what you are going to bring to the conversation on the lawn of our Arizona State Capitol building on Saturday, February 20th, between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Well, thank you guys so, so much for this opportunity. I cannot wait to see you guys out there. Me too. All right, lady, we'll hug your 13-year-old for us and uh, we will see you soon. All right, fantastic. You guys have an awesome day. Bye. Bye. That is awesome. She uh, is really... uh what we need out there. Yes. Holy cow. So fun. And again, I love, um, we were coming up with our theme name as we were coming on the air. And, uh, I think Dan had said the unexpected that how unexpected some of our journeys are. And, uh, I think that's the exact right phrasing for that, uh, for this conversation. And, um, I, I just love that, you know, Sharon can, that she just always has thought for herself, but that she can now encourage others, be an example for others to look to as they are coming through their journey. You know, all the teachers that have reached out to her, um, it's not like she was out there browbeating anybody, not like she was, you know, saying, well, if you aren't a gun owner, you can't be my friend, which very often the other side does put people in that position, sure. right? Um, and that she has surrounded herself with people that are open-minded enough that that isn't their world, but they see that she puts <coughs> a, a post up on Instagram or whatnot. And instead of, you know, saying those things to her, like, oh, well, we can't be friends anymore. They're like, so tell me about this. Like, I don't know that I'm really ready, but I'm interested. Right. That's awesome. We need more of that. And it's, it's sad because like I have a neighbor that is not a gun person. He's an education and educator and he's, he doesn't like guns. And, you know, we talk, Mm -hmm. we don't get into heavy conversations, but I'm not trying, I respect him. Mm -hmm. His beliefs, that's his deal. Sure. I, I want them to respect mine too. And as long as I don't infringe on their, Mm -hmm. their stuff, then it shouldn't make any difference. And to be able to have a conversation is extremely important. And Sharon's a good example. I was so proud to hear her say that when somebody told her something, she researched it yeah. and came up with, oh, maybe they're right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start wrapping up. Oh, you want me to wrap? No. <laughs> I think we covered this on the last episode. Okay. okay. We're going to start winding up. Winding down. Winding down. Uh, whatever it is we're doing, um, <coughs> we just want to thank Sharon for being uh, the voice that she is um, for, you know, even though she said, I'm a little bit nervous to be on the show, that she didn't let that stop her. Uh, thank you so much for that. Um, thank you for our amazing listeners who are doing the same kinds of things, stepping out of your comfort zone, having these conversations, taking these topics into your conversations with your spheres of influence. Um, 
you know, pointing back to the subject matter experts that that we do interview here on Gun Freedom Radio. And uh, that is where the rubber meets the road. It, these conversations are a blast. We have a great time uh, during this time sitting here behind the microphone. But if you out there weren't carrying the conversations forward, they really wouldn't have much of an impact. And we definitely are seeing them having an impact. And so really the credit goes to you and we thank you to our listeners. And you can go to our website, click the on demand tab at gunfreedomradio.com and And binge listen to your heart's content, darling. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Almost, almost sounded exactly like me. I like your hair like turned long, dark. Long hair yeah. I mean, it was, it was eerie for a moment. I, I felt Flung like I was the garbage. Looking, <laughs> looking right at myself. Um, so do I tell you to empty the garbage? Yeah, I probably do. Okay. So somebody's got to do, do it. Click the guest tab. You'll see photos and bios and links to the work of all of the guests that we've ever had on. It's a tremendous resource. And we don't hate it when you spend time there. Um, I uh, want to point out this t-shirt I'm wearing. I'm really not much of a t-shirt wearer, but every once in a while, a very special one comes along. This one was uh, sent to me by a wonderful man named Gunny uh, out of Florida. And he uh, is with a veterans group that just supports the Second Amendment and and other people and voices and groups that support the Second Amendment. He took this logo that was created uh, by Jeff Knox, who's an Arizona guy, a couple of years ago for a big rally that was in the on the lawn of the U.S. Capitol building, uh, and they kept it as an open source logo just for good people to use for good purposes. So Gunny found this logo. He made this uh, t-shirt and a few other items, a pin and a, um, a, uh, one of these uh, badges, what's patch, patches, uh, and sent it to me just as a, an encouragement for the work that we do. And I thought, you know, God bless him and thank you. And I just wanted to spend a moment and and appreciate. They don't even have a website for me to send people to. So that tells me that their motives are pure. They just want to lift up people doing good work and and give us encouragement. And it it is felt, it is appreciated. And I thank you, uh, Gunny and your group for that. Um, And without further ado, yes? Any other closing thoughts, Mr. Todd? No, I think we should probably just pray for our country. Okay. I like that idea. I don't mean that casually. Yeah? No. I mean, pray for our country. Yeah, absolutely. Pray for our elected officials, our leaders, (coughs) the people that have been put in positions. They're not leaders. Yeah. They're not leaders. Okay. I'll give you that. If they lead, then they would be leaked. They're leading. No, they're not. No. They're just elected officials. Okay. Representatives, our elected representatives. Some of them represent us. And this is why they need our prayer, right? All of them. They need a prayer. Every single inch of them needs it. Even the ones you don't like? A lot of them. (laughs) Especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And 
God bless. Bye-bye.